Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachna. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice, on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? That chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work, That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet, and it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 19 years now to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again, absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet, contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, And it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively apply these tools in their life, and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. If you have any of those to share with us, we would appreciate you doing so by giving us a call at 563-999. 3581. When you do that and press 1 on your phone, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code. Alternatively, you can send us an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's w h y a g 
AIN.org. And if we get that an email from you with a comment or a question or feedback, we'll address it on the Internet show, and then as time allows, send you a notification about what day and time that occurred so you can listen back to the archives for your feedback or input. We greatly appreciate whenever anybody does that, either through phone call or email, because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be a service, and that's just a whole heck of a lot easier to do if we know how these things are landing for you. We've had some disruption in the blog talk radio space technology um, Friday and Monday, and um, I think it was Tuesday of this week, I... Um, I recorded a session through Zoom and uploaded it to the MindShiftersAcademy.org website. And in that session, I finished reading uh, Lesson 4 in the Way of Mastery. And so, um, again, on the MindShiftersAcademy.org website, I have a separate page for this particular run-through of reading The Way of Mastery with Commentary beginning in October of this year. And um, I'm going to set it up every three lessons or so so the pages don't get so large that they cause a problem with loading on a, on a mobile unit. And so the first three lessons are on one page, and um, then four, five, and six are going to be contained on another page. And if you go there, you can hear the the reading of Lesson 4 with commentary. And, and my recommendation at that time was um, I, I put in a strong recommendation for a podcast by Glennon Doyle and um, her partners related to making repairs in a relationship and understanding how we can really heal ourselves and heal our relationships. And I believe it's Dr. Becky Kennedy who talks about how making a repair in a relationship is the most important relationship skill. This is not just making an apology. This is understanding the the impact of our, the, the dynamics of our interactions in a relationship and actually sitting with, connecting to a person after there's been a disruption, an anger outburst or an upset. And the way they define repair and the way they talk about how critical it is in our lives the way they understand how when we're young, our view of the world is that we are probably causing the upsets we experience because it just is easier for us as little children to assume that we are somehow damaged in a world that is safe and loving than to believe that we are this ineffective little child trying to do good in a world full of monsters and evil. So we bring the blame into ourselves. We rationalize that we are the problem. And we grow up that way. 
and we learn to cope and adapt, and then we're an adult. And if you have any negative thoughts about yourself, if you have any history of self-loathing thoughts or um, self-blame and feeling that you're not good enough, it probably is rooted in these dynamics. And learning about how you can change those dynamics and make repairs even within yourself for your younger versions of yourself is a critically valuable tool and awareness so that's the on your mind not on your mind that is the um we can do hard things podcast i believe it's number 267 and it talks about um the most important um skill in relationship and that is um yeah the number one relationship strategy with dr becky kennedy episode number 267 for the we can do hard things podcast so i recommend that i talked about that um right before i started reading the rest of uh, lesson four and um be happy to have any comments you have about that either as you listen to that or even before and um and we're you know glad to see people back on the uh, switchboard after um four days of not having shows directly or live shows so how can we be of service to you what's on your mind one of the things that um, we are, all of us here, at least on, in, in America and the Western Hemisphere, we're going into this holiday season. And I would be amazed if there's anybody on the line who doesn't have stresses around the holidays and stresses around getting together with family, navigating the differences between um, belief systems and comfort levels with the holiday. I mean, there are certain people who are absolutely having the roughest time of their entire year around the holidays. And there are other people that just love the holidays and they think, isn't it great, holidays? And so, you know, one of the things you might do to serve you and everyone around you fairly well is be sensitive to the fact that not everybody is thrilled with the fact that a holiday is coming. This is uh, many, many people have lots and lots of trauma they've downloaded over the years around different holidays, whether it has to do with the loss of loved ones around holidays or it has to do with the way their family used to um, get all stressed out and angry and, and literally abusive around the holidays. Um, I've, I've worked with people over the years who have um, history in their family of uh, any time we were going on a vacation, it was miserable. It was torturous because there would be literal fistfights between the parents. There would be yelling and swearing and stress beyond anything that the parents had uh, the coping skills to handle. And the children were left to 
basically hide and cower in the face of this disruption and all of these intense energies flying around from their parents. So uh, that same thing is true for a lot of people around the holidays, that there's a lot that goes on that we're not aware of, and uh, it may easily be that the people were greeting with a, hey, happy holidays, isn't it great? And they're basically hiding trauma, a trauma response, or um, or they may be the you know the bah humbug type. So, if that happens for you, that's one of the reasons that we like to discuss and practice and keep top of mind the tools that Michael and Jeannie make available, like the Reality Management Worksheet and the targeted journaling and the breath work. And um, again, when I mentioned breath work, I I did say that I would uh, check in again after I had um, finished listening to the book Breath by James Nestor. And I've now finished it, and it is... um, it's fascinating, it's powerful, it's got a lot of good research involved in it. Um, there's, um, I, I believe that he effectively communicates a yes and approach by the time you get all the way through the book. Um, and again, I understand, I've already gotten, as I've mentioned this book to people, I've had at least three different people who were triggered to upset just by me mentioning this book title. And that's because they've got a history of trauma in them. And some of it may be connected with breath work or being told what to do or people who want to push um, alternative, in in quotes, alternative, close quotes, uh, medical advice on them. And if you run into that, please understand that whatever comes out of somebody else's mouth is only, always, and forever going to tell you about what's going on inside them. It's never going to tell you about you or anybody around them, anybody outside of them. Our, Our life, our utterances, our experiences internally are the only things that drive what we say and do externally the people around us are not causing us to feel upset there was nothing about my saying to three different people so far this i'm reading this wonderful book about breath by james nestor there was nothing about that that caused upset in the three people who responded with upset And my ability to understand that leaves me in a space where I can listen and be compassionate and understanding as they explain or not why they're upset or what they think it means that I would mention a book like that to them. And in that process, I get to understand them better if they're willing to be understood and or at the very least, I refrain from throwing, you know, the metaphorical gasoline on their emotional fire. 
So the core of the, uh, of the observations with this work related to how everything that comes out of me is about what's going on inside of me and the way to be closer and closer to 100% responsible for whatever emotions I experience, whatever reaction I have to my life as it unfolds, the better I can do that, and these tools are really specifically crafted to help me do that more effectively and more efficiently. And the more I do it, the better my life gets. And the better relationships I have, the better connections, the better openness and intimacy I have with others. So our call-in number is 563-999-3581. Today is a Thursday, so we will have a support group tonight. We will not have any next week on Tuesday or Thursday because I'll be out of town. But we will have a support group tonight if you want to join us. All the information about joining us is available at MindShiftersAcademy.org website. We had the honor of uh, another brand new person joining us on Tuesday and um, doing some you know, intense sharing of intense life events going on for them. And um, we'd love to have you join us tonight or share that information with somebody you think might be interested. The support groups, whether they are on Tuesday or Thursday, they run from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time. And it is, um, uh, in my opinion, a very good way to get support in a very safe environment. Safe in terms of we understand that we are not there to fix anybody else. We are only there to learn for ourselves how to better apply these tools to the circumstances or situations in our lives that seem to be difficult for us to deal with lovingly. And as Christian Sundberg would say in his book, this is our biggest reason for being alive and having an experience in a physical body is so that we can get better and better at choosing for love and loving responses in increasingly more difficult circumstances. And if you would like some support with that, that's exactly what we offer in our Tuesday and Thursday support groups. So, one last time. Call in number is 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, we can have a conversation. In lieu of anyone doing that in the next few minutes, I will come back and start reading again another... I think what I'm going to do is start reading the Lesson 5 in the Way of Mastery, and then we'll go back and reread Lesson 4 and 5 in sequence. But Lesson 4 in the Way of Mastery is talking about this very subtle, powerful energy that we call desire in this work and they make very good distinctions to my eye and ear about how the definition for the word desire that they're using in this work has nothing to do with craving 
nothing to do with obsession, nothing to do with addictions or woundedness. It has to do only with the energy of creation itself that gave rise to each and every one of us, that is constantly flowing through each and every one of us, and that wants to express uniquely through you, each of us in this moment. So having read that thoroughly, now we're moving on to Lesson 5. Lesson 5 is titled, The Keys to the Kingdom. And the text reads, Beloved friends, we come forth in this lesson to continue that pathway which builds the structure, the highway by which you may learn to follow and therefore you may learn to master the way of the heart. Now again, in this work, mastery does not mean control. Mastery means staying in the space of constantly asking to be taught by everything in life that is flowing through you and around you. To be a perpetually avid student is the the only way to be a master. So the text goes on and says, a way... In quotes, the word way in life means to have chosen from all possibilities and choose that one which will stand out as the way to which you are committed, the way to which you devote the whole of your attention by granting your willingness that the way be followed. Just as when you take a journey upon your earth by making the commitment to take the journey, you avail yourselves of experiences that could not come to you any other way. When you go to a university to pursue a degree, although you begin with a certain idea of what that pathway may hold or bring to you, Is it not true that the relationships which come along the way and the knowledge that reveals itself to you and even the end result of accomplishing the degree, these things always seem so different and much richer than you could have imagined when you began your journey. Therefore, understand well that the way of the heart requires the willingness to commit Commitment is nothing more than a deliberate decision that something will be so. Just as with all aspects of experience you have ever known, when all of your being is involved in the willingness to make a decision, there is literally nothing that can prevent you from the accomplishment of your goal. Now I know And I've had people, when we've read this before in the group, and they want to argue with this. Notice if your mind wants to argue with it, be skeptical if you wish, and read on and listen. The text then says, rest assured, whenever you believe you have not succeeded or not accomplished something, some decision fueled by desire, 
rest assured, it is because you were simply not totally committed. Or perhaps you decided to change your mind. And when you change your mind, you literally change what you experience in the world, or as they say, the solar system in which your little s self spins. The way of the heart, then, does indeed require the decision of commitment. I say unto you that when you are wholly, totally committed to discovering the way of the heart, you will discover a way of being in the world that is not here, that is not of the world. You will discover a way of walking through life in which you experience being uplifted by something that seems to be forever beyond you, and yet it is within you as the core and essence of your very being. Your way will not be understandable by the world. And and believe me, I get this a lot. When we present this to people and we say, instead of knowing living in the question go into this your life day in and day out moment to moment in that empty-headed not knowing this i have people in the support group i have people in my sessions and they think that's crazy you can't do that i'd never get anything done i wouldn't be able to drive to work i wouldn't be dressed i wouldn't arrive on time nothing would get done if i went without knowing so this way they're talking about does not seem reasonable to the Western mind, to the intellect. And yet, it won't even be comprehensible within yourself because you've been trained and conditioned to think with the language you were taught, within the framework that you were taught. Before I ran into this work, I had been given all kinds of training about goals and how to set them and achieve them and make your one-week goals and month goals and year goals and five and ten and twenty-year goals and write them down and I had all kinds of training in setting and achieving goals it wasn't until about 20 years ago when I ran into this work where I was introduced to the concept of framing a goal before you set it learning to evaluate whether or not you want to set a goal before you set it learning to set a goal, learning to select a goal, to maintain attention on it throughout the day, and learning to cancel a goal, consciously canceling goals. So when I first ran into this, this was completely incomprehensible. So we understand that your way will not be understandable to the world. This way of the heart is going to seem completely antithetical to everyone you deal with. It won't even be comprehensible within yourself because your intellect can't wrap its mind around how life flows unless it thinks it's driving the bus. The text goes on and says, you will be living from mystery, moving from mystery to mystery to mystery. And when you do that, you will be uplifted and carried by something that brings a satisfaction and a fulfillment to the depth of your soul that is far beyond anything you can now imagine. 
This is exactly what Michael Singer talks about when he says, this is what the yogis do. They learn to allow. They learn to accept. They learn to trust. They learn to embrace the flow of life, whatever it brings. And they tap into this life flow energy, some called chi, some called prana, some called shakti, and, and it is just the life force energy, and they take complete satisfaction in being in alignment with that. And when I say complete satisfaction, they use words like bliss. They use words like, you know, a state that, you know, is sweeter than honey that you can't comprehend. So when you do the way of the heart, you will be going in a way, going at life in a way, showing up in a way that is different than anything you've ever been trained to do by the Western mind. This is putting the intellect aside moment to moment and asking to be shown a different way to experience life, a different way to get your answers for what is yours to do next, to learn to tune into energies that are far more subtle than your physical senses. So the question then arises, okay, this is so different, this is going to be such such a change and really require commitment, is it worth it to commit to the way of the heart? And the answer is an emphatic yes with an exclamation point. It culminates with the recognition that you do not live life at all, but that rather life is living you. One of its characteristics is the development of the witness. This is a quality of consciousness, a way of being in which you seem to be witnessing everything that arises and flows through you and around you, and you seem to be witnessing that from a place of utter stillness. Please understand, stillness does not mean non-activity so you will be active you will be doing things and yet what stillness means in this sense is a non-attachment to activity whether this is the arising and falling away of cancer in the body the arising and falling away of relationship or the rising and falling away of a solar system This is almost incomprehensible to everybody that I've ever met who begins a, a, a work like this. We were having people talk about various things in the group on Tuesday, and you know, people have very differing views about how much I can affect in the physical world with the focus of my mind energy. And some people get very triggered to defensiveness and or irritation and or upset when somebody doesn't want to believe you can heal yourself of whatever ailment you might have by getting rid of the negative energies in your body and other people get upset at the thought that you can get rid of negative energies and then have a healing occur 
what we talk about in this work over and over and over again is the way it came to me a couple of years ago was to say, please don't take offense, even if it's offered. What we understand in this work is that I create every emotion I experience. So if I create, if I begin to experience the emotion of being offended and upset, it's because I'm creating it. Michael Rice talks about this very explicitly in some of his talks. I'm not upset because of what anybody else ever says or does. I'm upset because there's upset in me, because I've chosen to interpret whatever I think I saw and heard a certain way. So if I'm creating upset, it's an inside job. And I can create upset even if somebody comes up to me today and says, oh, nice sweater you're wearing. And I think, well, this old ratty thing, they must be, you know, they must be trying to compliment me just so they can get something from me and they don't really like my sweater. And Or I can say, well, thanks for the compliment and move on. The question is, what if they really did just want to get a rise out of me? What if they hope they can create upset in me? Well, it's still a choice that I have. And the invitation in this work is, please don't take offense, even if somebody comes along trying to offend you. Be in this state of stillness which doesn't mean non-activity, it simply means non-reactivity, non-attachment to the activity. The activity could be somebody coming up and insulting you. The activity could be that you get an illness or someone you love is diagnosed with a very serious illness. It could be that they somebody buys this beautiful strip of property that's right off of your your beautiful townhome that you've just built and it's a beautiful nature preserve and somebody plows all the trees down and breathing and softening and watching that from the space of the observer means you are not attached to that activity and you don't let it disturb your peace. At the same time, you may get active to try to prevent an action like that before the bulldozers get there, if you realize that they've changed the the zoning in your town, and and you might get active and try to get the something put on a referendum put on the ballot so that you and your friends make a difference, and that land is preserved, and you can do that while maintaining your peace, while staying within that bliss state, while being in direct awareness of your true nature and your true safety. The text goes on and says, you will discover that there is a place within you that can look on all things with perfect equanimity, perfect acceptance, and perfect love, capital L, love. For in the way of the mastery of the way of the heart, in other words, being constantly asked to be taught by the way of the heart, you will discover that nothing is unacceptable to you. The reason for this is because only what is accepted can be transcended. 
you will discover a way of being in which nothing any longer compels you. Not even the desire to know God compels you any longer. How could that be? I thought this was a spiritual path. I thought everybody wants to reunite with the Creator. Everybody wants to be in harmony. Everybody wants to know God. Everybody wants to be saved, etc. The reason that can be is because in this way, you wake up and realize the need of it has been completed. It's like what Yeshua was saying in the first or second lesson where he said, I started being perceived as a rebel in my youth, because I gave up striving for God and began allowing awareness of my connection to my Creator. That's, to my eye and ear, the same message here. You will discover a way of being in which nothing compels you any longer. Not even the desire to know God compels you. Years ago, we were in the support group, and there was a discussion going around about this, and it came to me to say, only the ego wants to know God. Try and take a breath and let that sink in. Only your ego, only your lowercase s self, your tiny little sense of self, wants to know God or your creator. Now, how does that make any sense? The way it makes sense to me, in my mind, is because your capital S self, your true nature, already understands that you were never separate from your creator. And everything that you create, as they talk about in Lesson 3, every perception that you create, every judgment that you arrive at, creates this belief of separation and the need to do something to close the gap to become aware of your creator or to get back in touch with your creator. Area code 614. You're in the air. Who do we have? Denisa. Wow, that was quick. (laughs) I'm sorry, I couldn't hear your name. Can you give me the name again, please? Denisa. How can we support you today? Um, you got hot you hot Um, I was wondering about uh um well this new year. Like I guess So I was are, are you are are you familiar with our our show and our format? How how did you find uh, us? Blog Talk Radio. Okay, and are you aware of what we're doing in this show, how we teach the ancient Aramaic first century process of forgiveness, and how we're teaching tools that people can use on their own to improve the quality of their life and their relationships? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm on my break, and I just clicked into spirituality, and I thought it was... uh, the psychic hotlines on, and I just... Okay, it, and, and I understand I was kind of getting that your question might be going in that direction, and we that's not what, what we do here. It, but 
but, I see that now. But but there are wonderful tools available on the website at whyagain.org that you could use to make your new year better. But okay. but I, 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 I can't I can't offer a psychic reading. Right. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Thank you. Blessings. So our caller number is 563-999-3581. And if you're listening and you don't need a psychic reading, but you've got a question about our reading here of Lesson 5 in the Way of Mastery, call that number and press 1 on your phone. So the idea here, the text is saying, if you engage in the way of the heart and you practice observing the axioms of truth that they've already given us, you'll usher yourself into a space of witnessing and observing your life in which nothing any longer compels you. Not even the desire to know God compels you. For the need of that is completed because you you wake up to the realization that you you can't ever be separate from that which has created you. And the text goes on and says, then there arises a way of being in the world that is indeed not here, for you will feel no restlessness, no need to direct your journey, no questions will arise, you will be at peace. In that peace, the breath of the Creator will move through you, and you will become as the wind, knowing not where you came from or where you're going. And you will abide in perfect trust and perfect rest. The world may not know you, and yet your Creator will know you, and you will know your Creator. In the way of the heart, the most primary and fundamental perception that seems to fuel ordinary human consciousness has been transcended. When you're truly in the path of the way of the heart, you transcend the most primary and fundamental perception that seems to fuel ordinary human consciousness. Why? Because ordinary human consciousness has been pumped full of the trivialities of language and family values and cultural values and focus on the physical. But when you move into the way of the heart, you transcend that. And when that happens, the text goes on and says, the perception of a separate maker and doer has been dissolved. And once again, you will understand the depth and the profundity of the simple terms of this sentence. Quote, of myself I do nothing, but through me the Creator does all things. You know, in this work, in the first and second lesson, it says you want to give up all desire to be special. You want to wake up to the fact that there is no should and ought and have to. 
and you give up the idea that if I do this or that enough, maybe God will say, oh, good, now well, we can welcome you into heaven. That the way of the heart, this pathway is not about achieving something, waking up to what's already here. It's about waking up to the flow of creation that's trying to express through you, that gave rise to you, that won't ever leave you. The text goes on and says, to rest in such a perception means that you have come to realize that the self, the little uh, self that you are, all your thoughts about yourself, etc., is merely a conduit through which mastery lives itself, through which capital L love pours forth. You will realize that there is nothing to be gained or lost in this world. You will know what it means to recognize that you literally have nowhere to go and nothing to achieve. You will become empty and spacious. And yet, paradoxically, while the body lasts, you will appear as everyone else. You will arise in the morning and brush your teeth. And when the body is hungry, you will feed it. You will laugh with your friends. You will yawn when the body is a bit tired. And yet, through it all, there will be a quality of awareness called the witness that is simply watching it all, waiting to be moved by the wind of spirit. Though others may not see it, virtually everything you utter will carry the sound of truth. You will not know how capital S spirit will work through you, nor will you care. This happens more and more the more you get your little s self out of the way, the more you you surrender to the flow and ask to be taught. On a regular basis, when I'm, some people call it being on a roll or I'm in the middle of a, uh, a monologue or something with the support group, this actually happened on Tuesday. I, I think I was speaking for three or four or five minutes in a row and somebody said, can I get a recording of that? Can you say that again? And I I literally don't know what they were talking about. What what did I just say in that flow? And a lot of times when we're reading through this book, reading other books or answering questions, some people take offense and other people say, oh, that was perfect. That's just what I needed to hear. You will not know how the Spirit will work through you. You will not be able to see and meet everybody who's affected in any way by your living your life. And yet when you live your life in that witnessing state, in that questioning, asking to be shown how to be a blessing to yourself and others, how to express what creation itself wants to express uniquely through you in this moment, it will not matter to you. When there is no maker, 
or doer or director, it will not matter to you. That is what it means to live as the wind, for the wind does not concern itself with where it has been or where it is going. The wind is moved by some mysterious source that cannot be located at all, and yet it blows, and as it blows, its effect is experienced. Living your life from the awareness of your connection to your source, of the fact that you don't know when you were created or who or how you were created, and yet that you remain connected to that source energy that created you. And asking what it would have you do. How you can extend that creative energy that some call love in every interaction with everyone and everything, that is what's recommended as the way of the heart. The last paragraph in this segment reads, Imagine then a life in which all that you do is not for yourself. Imagine a way of life in which what you do is not for anyone else. Imagine a way of life in which creativity flows forth from a source so deep within you and around you that no language or dogma can contain it. Imagine it is a force and a source that knows how to express itself through you in such a way that it is constantly and only serving the atonement or the at-one-ment or the awakening of all creation to the truth of creation's presence. The way of the heart does indeed unfold along a certain pathway. In this lesson, we will address the stages of that pathway in a general sense, and then we will speak of the most important characteristic to be cultivated along this path. And as the book goes on, it will talk about, in this fifth lesson, the keys to the kingdom, and there are five of them. But that last paragraph is talking about what Guy Finley says when he says there is one, not many, there is just one. He says it's an unseen cosmic curriculum. And Guy Finley says, the only purpose of the curriculum is to educate the soul that's taking that curriculum educating the soul to the awareness of the consciousness that gave rise to that curriculum. In other words, everything about your life is trying to help you wake up to the fact that there is this connection to your source that can't ever be severed and that you have the ability to consciously shift your awareness into and focus on from an observer and a questioning and a student-like standpoint whenever you choose. The purpose of this unseen curriculum 
is to educate the soul to the existence of the intelligence that created the curriculum. It's to wake you up to the fact that you are not just a body, you are not just an American, you are not just a consumer, you are not just a pick your religious affiliation, you are not just a man or a woman, you are a part of the spark of the creative energy expressing in form. You are part of the one mind and the one infinite intelligence. And life and any of these deep spiritual teachings have as their only purpose awakening you, consciously awakening you to the truth of that. And once you're awake to that, and once you ask to be taught by that, and you stay in the flow of that questioning and expressing, everything changes. And it changes in ways that words can't describe. It changes in ways you could never predict. So, that's all we're going to read for today. We'll be back tomorrow if Blog Talk lets us, and we will start reading about the five keys to the kingdom. And the first of the keys to the kingdom is what we read about through the entire last lesson. It's called desire. And hopefully that will make a little bit more sense as it's woven into the structure of their thought about five keys to the kingdom. We've got about five minutes left for any comments or questions or any welcome back statements, 563-999-3581. The switchboard has lots of people on it. Welcome back. It is um, tentative, but nice to be back. The error message was still on the Blog Talk Radio switchboard when I started today, so we will hold blog talk in a blessing for continued success with their upgrades or whatever they're doing and with luck we'll be back again tomorrow and continue reading from lesson five in a way of mastery i'll just remind us that we do have a support group tonight and that i did record um a, a reading on Tuesday and upload it to the uh, MindShiftersAcademy.org website where I finished reading Lesson 4. And we will certainly go back through Lesson 4 after we've introduced Lesson 5. And as always, we're wide open to um, suggestions about how to proceed and whether or not to slow down or speed up. And you can do that through email, 563-999-3581 is the phone number, or you can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy, or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n.org. And next week, Monday through Friday, and then on New Year's Day, I will be playing audio files, recordings of um, other shows that I've done in the past. And several of them will be interviews that I did with people that
some of them haven't even been um, shown or, or displayed on the on this Mind Shifters radio before, and um, so I'm I've taken some time to curate them out. They are not going to be the same ones that I ran last year in the week between Christmas and New Year's. So. Um, Hopefully that will be something that's of value to you since there's been so much work going into arranging it. And um, the list includes uh, an interview I did with Brooke Seam and one of my processing, an interview with Laura McGowan, two interviews with Laura McGowan, and... um, and the seminar I did on saying goodbye to good people without saying goodbye to good memories. So we'll have five or six shows that are recorded and some of the ones that I like listening to a second and third and fourth time, and hopefully they'll be of value to you while I'm away with family next week. In the meantime, we're going to have a group tonight. Feel free to join us and or... Stick around for Michael and Jeannie. I believe they're going to have a second hour. And I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I will turn on the microphone for and welcome Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Tim. Yeah, it's good to be back. (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you so much. You're welcome and deserving. Have a wonderful show. Thank you. So welcome, everybody the second hour of Mind Shifters Radio, and today is Thursday, and it's December 21st, 2023, and their call-in number is 563-999-3581, and press 1, and that puts you into queue to talk to us, and we'd love to hear your comments and questions, because that makes this your show, and while we're waiting on Michael to get dialed in, we do have a couple of people that have been texting us and been trying to uh, get in and talk for um, the last four days and haven't been able to because Blog Talk has had technical difficulties. And uh, so they're supposed to call in today, so we'll look forward to to processing with them what's going on in their space. And uh, not a whole lot else has been going on other than preparations for the holidays and being with family, we had Aria um, half a day yesterday because school was only half a day, and and now it's out until after the first of the year. So not having a show yesterday, we were having uh, Christmas with her and playing. So you know, there are blessings amongst the chaos. <laughs> and uh, Michael's with us now, so I'm going to say welcome, Michael. And I will look for the numbers of the two people that were supposed to call in, Michael, while you're talking. Okay, sweetie. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We get to get back on again. I have really uh, lamented that we've had uh, the inability to have our conversation last four days. It's the first time in 12 years that we've had this big a disruption. You know, we maybe get a day here and a day there very occasionally, but uh, I guess they had a major equipment fail. They don't really explain to us what's going on, but they have kept assuring us that they're working on it. So hopefully they've got it permanently uh, repaired. I can only imagine they must have had a major 
board outage or something like that in their electronics and therefore had trouble getting equipment to replace it. Who knows? They don't tell us those things. But anyway, we're glad you're here. I'm delighted to uh, to be back on the show, and I know we had several people who had, uh, oh, over a week ago, uh, expressed uh, the desire to uh, to get on the show, and then we had lineups of people with their hands up, and so we'll get caught up. And Miss Jeannie, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up, or anybody in the chat room with a thought or question for us? No, it's quiet on this end. We have a lot of people on the switchboard, so it's good. I sent texts out to a whole bunch of people right as soon as we knew that the show was coming back up uh, because I had right. sent notices that looked like we were down again. And uh, somebody asked me, was it just us? Were they picking on us? And I said, no, it was all of Blog <laughs> no. Talk, so anybody, it wasn't just us. So, But we are Yeah, I can only imagine it must have been something like a – a major control board or, you know, broadcast board that must have been down, and those things are probably not something you just run down to the corner store to get if there's a, a short circuit or something in it or the board needs to be rebuilt. It's a major piece of work. I really, in spite of being blocked for the last four days, I really appreciate the service that Blog Talk gives us that, uh, that keeps us... Uh, uh, well, for 12 years, it's kept us in front of people with this conversation and and provides us with the archives. If you're not aware of it, you can go back to, you can go to our website, whyagain.org, whyagain.org, and there's a microphone on the page. If you click the microphone, you can drill down, and uh, very shortly, I've never sat and watched how long it takes them to get the show up, but shortly after we complete the show, the archive is there. You can click on it on our website and uh, and save it to your computer if you want to listen to it again, or you can create a link to it and send other people to that link. And uh, it's a pretty awesome service that they provide for us, the fact that, you know, Peter can call in from Sweden, and you can be in, in California, and we can be in Virginia, and Blog Talk's in New York, and... Uh, and we have a conversation, and just minutes later, we have an archive. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And we're well up over 4,000 hours in the archives, so if you want to go back and listen to uh, some of those shows, and that's where you'll find them. And uh, if you, you can listen to the show through um, podcast systems, or you can go back and find the archives, some of them limit their... Uh, listings, however, to 300 shows, uh, and we've got thousands. But the one that we know of that you can download and you see all of our archives is iHeartRadio. So if you download the iHeartRadio app, you can put us in there as your uh, your podcast you want to listen to, and uh, and they list all the way back to, to day one. So they've got 12 years of archives. So. So delighted that you're with us, and if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you uh, because of syndication, then if you call into the show, and the call-in number is 563-999-35581, if you call into the show, uh, you'll be able to listen directly on your phone. And then if you push 1, that will raise a hand in the control panel, and through the magic of technology, Jeannie will know you want to talk to us. 
She'll introduce you by your area code, and we'll have a conversation. So how can we support you? What's on your mind? And uh, Ms. Jeannie, do we have anybody with a hand up? No, we do not. And I'll just let you well, know, too, Dr. Tim was... Dr. Tim was mentioning that he had done a recording on Tuesday of reading uh, the completion of the Lesson 4 of Way of Mastery. I did put a link to that also in the notes for Tuesday. Of course, none of the links for Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will work for listening or downloading. Somebody had texted me this morning and said they couldn't get it to work. It's because we didn't have a show. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, we... uh, have put links up for that and you know if there's any of the shows that you listen to and there's not any notes then kind of take a synopsis a summary of of the you know what we talk about whether even if it's just a word you know talked about communication or talked about relationships just short thing and send it to me at genie at org, and i'll put that let me know what day it is that you listen and if there's no notes for that day i'll put what you listen to and get those out there. It makes it easier if somebody, you know, wants to do a search among the archives for, say, codependence. Then it'll pop up every show that we talked about codependence or that it's listed in the notes. If there are no notes for a particular day, then, of course, it's not going to give you anything for that. So, you know, that would help. Um, most For the most part, I have notes for the last few years, but the early years... Um, I was just learning the technology of how to do it and keep up with it, and so I did not take notes during the during the show itself. So got a little better at that. But if you listen to an older one, uh, drop me a line. Let me know what it is. Well, the notes you take on here are awesome. And uh, you know, again, if uh, if you listen to a show where there are no notes, if you uh, if you do a one word description, that's great. That gives us something. And or if you care to just kind of cover, you know, what are you hearing in that particular show and send it to us, we'll put it in the notes so that it will become searchable and people can find uh, all the conversations we've had around any given topic. And our objective is to make this, uh, this opportunity to build the brain cells that change the root of the constructs of the mind. That's ultimately what we're looking to do is to recognize that, you know, if people live in perceptual constructs of pain and trauma and grief and loss and hurt and addiction, there's a reason. It's because the root of the perceptual content of their minds, the the data the content stored in carbon-based memory, and remember we've talked about carbon-based memory, is that if we were to, uh, to take a body into a, a lab and say, hey, tell us what the base elements are of this thing we call a body, well, what they tell you is that the base element of your structure is carbon. And if you look at a carbon atom, a natural carbon atom, there's six electrons, six protons, six neutrons, 666. You might recognize that number. And basically, when, when we do what the world calls see something, what's really going on is light energy comes in through the eyes or information comes in through the senses. And whatever that information resonates that's stored in carbon-based memory that resonance causes the mind to 
reflect construct, that is to take the data from the past and turn it into a world of pictures, and those constructs, that perception, is what most people live in. You know, there are basically two minds in us available at all times. There is the mind of the body, carbon-based memory. That's what we call that, the mind of the body. In the ancient teachings, they call it the mind of man. In fact, there's one particular case where they call living in the mind of, where it's called in the ancient teachings, living in the mind of man is being trapped in Satan. Now, when you understand the Aramaic meanings of the words that show up in the Greek scriptures today, it changes absolutely everything. Because when carbon-based memory formulates a picture out of content from the past, what you're looking at always when you're looking at carbon-based memory, always when you're looking at perception, you're looking at reflections of the past. And if you're looking at reflections of the past, because you're a creator, you'll tend to keep creating the past. You know, that's the essence of my book. Why is this happening to me again? Because I haven't yet learned to change the content of my carbon-based memory system, a multi-generational database that has been in development for generations and generations and generations and generations. You look at that root of that word generation, generate means cause. And if we're stuck in those causes from the past, then we get to live the why is this happening to me again game. Now, when I recognize the genius of this man that showed up over 2,000 years ago now, and he understood that. He understood that. And he knew exactly how to collapse the pain-based perceptions of carbon-based memory so that the underlying pain and trauma that perhaps had gone on for generations and generations could be removed. And when it's removed, its removal is called forgiveness. Now, the Greeks turned around and, and created a perceptual construct around the ancient teachings that said, well, you know, if you're in pain, your mind is telling you the truth. It's all caused by somebody else. And all you need to do is forgive them, and then things will get better. And we're going to caution you to never, ever, 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 ever even consider forgiving anybody for anything, ever, including forgiving yourself. Oftentimes people say, oh, yeah, that's right, I need to just forgive myself. No, no, never forgive yourself for anything. Now, if someone, or you even, have done something you consider to be off the wall, improper, unkind, uncouth, whatever word you want to use, and you want to let that person off the hook, which is the Greek idea that been, has been called forgiveness, then fine, let them off the hook. Pardon them. Pardon yourself. Pardon that person for the crazy thing they did. But then recognize that if they did something crazy and your perceptual mind served up pain content, their crazy isn't the cause of your content. You know, people say, oh, I'm so angry with him because he did that. I'm so angry with her because she did that. I'm so angry with them because of what they did. Excuse me. If you're angry, you've never been angry because anybody did a damn thing. 
You've never been angry at anyone for anything. However, you've got content in your karma-based memory that's made up of anger. And you'll notice that any object of attention will do. People have this newborn child, this child that they cherish and honor and wanted so much and think is so wonderful, but if they haven't resolved anger, notice the gritting teeth, the nasty voice, and the vicious words that come out of their mouths toward that child that they said they cherish so much. Are they angry with the child? No. They've just got anger. And if they never show the child how to resolve that generational anger, then guess what? Then the parent becomes the object of that very anger that's been passed on from generation to generation. Should we forgive the child for being angry? No. No, never. Pardon them, if you will. And then, if there's pain in you, if there's anger in you, if there's sadness in you, own it. Stop pretending that it belongs to or is caused by anybody other than yourself. This whole Greek idea of pardoning, you know, if Yeshua sat in most places where they ostensibly are talking about his work, and they're telling people to forgive each other in order to be good people, Yeshua would sit in those places and shake his head and say, that's all Greek to me. It's got nothing to do with what he said. Listen to him. You must forgive from your heart. And that's not a bleeding heart statement. That word heart in the ancient teachings is the unconscious. You've got to go into the unconscious part of your own carbon-based memory and forgive. Remove what never belonged. Not let somebody else off the hook because it's there. And as you engage in that, then you recognize that you have a body-mind unit that is your possession. And if you never do any repairs on it, if you never upgrade its generational patterns, then you'll get to play out what the previous generations of your bloodline have played out. That mind will tend to control you. Now, Understand in Aramaic, the word Satan means the resistor, one who misleads. It doesn't mean a dude with the red suit, a tail, and the pitchfork. That's a Greek idea. That's not the Aramaic idea. You know, there's an interesting passage where Yeshua comes out of the Garden of Gethsemane and, and you know, the high priest's servant's on his way and Peter's going to save him. And what does Peter, or pardon me, what does Yeshua say to Peter? He directly turns to Peter and calls him Satan. <laughs> what? Go read it. He directly turns to Peter and calls him Satan. And then he describes or he explains, defines exactly what he means. He says, for you think in the mind of man, read that carbon-based memory, rather than the plan of God, rather than the second mind that is in you and is available to you, and that is the mind of love. Now, virtually everything has been misrepresented, twisted, turned inside out, upside down, and backwards, so that people are walking around in their rage and their guilt and their fear and their pain, condemning others and preaching from a pulpit this hellfire and pain and trauma and drama because they have no idea that they have to clean up their own hearts. 
their own internal parts so that they bring forward the mind of love in themselves to the world. So Peter is going to stop the whole scenario that Yeshua set up, purposely set up when he comes out of the Garden of Gethsemane, and Yeshua says, get thee behind me, Satan. He calls Peter Satan, for you think in the mind of man. There is another mind in you other than carbon-based memory, other than perception. If you live in perception, period, if you live in perception, you are living in the past. And of those who lived in the past, he said, the dead bury the dead and the blind lead the blind. Because if you're living out of the perceptual constructs of your mind, and it, I don't care if you have the highest, most admirable, most wonderful, most powerful most shining perceptual constructs and intellectual acuity in the world, that is the least in the next level of what was called the community of love or the kingdom of heaven. This isn't about a religious journey. This is about where we live. We've been tricked into thinking this is about religion, and therefore most people don't apply it to their lives. And what we're looking to do is to get the application of these tools down to the level where it becomes available, literally, in its true and original form to every mind, heart, and being on the planet, where every mind, heart, and being on the planet recognizes, if I have rage, if I have hatred, if I have fear, if I have trauma in me, I have forgiveness work to do to remove that hate, that fear, and that trauma that is in me so that I can bring the mind of love to the world rather than live out of a perceptual structure that does nothing but reflect what's in my carbon-based memory. And he showed precisely the technologist how to collapse this carbon-based memory game this thing that does nothing but replicate, 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 replicate the past. So the technology is there. We're here to support you using it and understanding at the deepest, deepest levels possible exactly how to use that technology. And again, we'll suggest you never forgive anyone, but if your mind reflects a pained perceptual construct, we're going to invite you to use a tool with which to collapse that pained construct, and when it collapses, to bring love present. And when love is present as the perceptual constructs from the past, from carbon-based memory, collapse, because they collapse in on themselves, the underlying hidden trauma traumatized parts of the mind now are exposed to active present love, and those energetic traumas literally dissolve. They remove the emotional trauma. They remove the physiological diseases. They remove the psychological diseases. This is the act of forgiveness. Nothing whatsoever to do with letting somebody else off the hook. Now, again, if science does something really bizarre, crazy, and off the wall, it's appropriate to say, I'm going to let them off the hook. 
ah, I don't need to rail on them because of what they did. I can let go of that. And then I recognize that what they did showed me a part of me that's in need of healing. So now I'm going to do the forgiveness work. I'm going to go inside myself and do the work of forgiveness, the work of removing whatever it is that has been stuck in me that keeps showing up as a construct based in pain that I blame somebody else for. So that's kind of a, the essence of the work we're doing. And, you know, you can go to our website, whyagain.org, 20,000-plus pages there to support you in learning these tools. I mean, everything we've got basically is there, and it's there for free. Yes, there are paid ways you can support us in order to get your hands on the work. Yes, if you want to support us, that would be great. If this is serving you, go to our website and make a donation. Great. But otherwise, it's all there. Download the app on your cell phone. You can do the forgiveness process right there on your phone. Go to your app store, type in the words Heartland, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, one word, Aramaic, A-R-A-M-A-I-C, forgiveness. When you type those words in, you'll see in the list comes up an app with a red kind of glowing heart. That's our, our app. Download it. There are two different forms of the forgiveness pro- worksheet process, the reality management process, and a kid, a game, pardon me, for introducing kids to forgiveness, the drag on, clean on game. There are also genies built into the app. That I'm not sure whether it's what, fifth, sixth, seventh iteration of the app. And she's just built in so much functionality. You can access all kinds of different parts of the website if you have a question at any point on any of the um, pages that are within the app. All you need to do is click a button, ask your question, type your question in, hit send. We'll receive that, answer your question on the next radio show, send you back a link that says, here's the answer to your question. So we've, we've, uh, we're making it as functional as we possibly can. One of the things that we're getting ready to do, uh, and if you're, if you're wanting to get the book in advance of us starting that on the 15th of January, uh, and actually I haven't even looked at the calendar, whatever date is closest to the 15th, uh, it might even be a Saturday, Sunday, I haven't looked at the calendar, but on the 15th of January, mid-January, we're going to begin a study of the uh, Enlightenment book, which is what we've published so far from the translations of the Kaboris Manuscript. The book itself is $25, and the uh, if you order it on the um, uh, our website under products, there's an autom- it automatically adds shipping to that cost. If you're interested in having the book so that you can participate in the um, study and have the, the written material in front of you, the, uh, the book, as I say, is 25. And what we'll ask you to do, instead of ordering it where they, the, the uh, app automatically charges you shipping, if you just go to our, uh, the Donate button on whyagain.org, and do a donation of $26. That will cover the cost of the book, and we'll pay the shipping. And if you do that, just just do a donation for 26 and that covers the cost because it goes through PayPal, and they take that buck off the top. 
that will take care of the cost of the book. We'll pay the shipping. Just make sure you put in your name and your address. Put the word enlightenment in. That's the name of the book. And, uh, and your name and address. And we'll get that shipped off to you as quickly as possible. So that's kind of a breakdown, the lowdown of what's going on. Ms. G, do we have anybody with a hand up yet? We had several people who were wanting to, uh, to share things in the last week. We and, do have uh, a hand. Well, let's say hello. 904, I believe it's Dusty. Hi. Well, aloha and welcome back. Aloha, it's nice to be back. I'm so glad to be hanging out here again. Yeah, me too. I I I would dial it up and I'd get nothing and I go, Oh, okay. Technical whatever. So um I wanted yeah, to Well you've about been that. in the you've been in the electronics yeah. and radio business so you know what happens if something like a board goes out and that's I can only assume that must be why they were down for so long because they've just not in twelve years been down that long. Yeah, and everything's so connected now. You could have a a slight little problem way over here, and it's going to show up in a lot of other places, too. So right. never know. And um, I was going to say that the uh, the manuscript, uh, uh, the Kaboris manuscript, is um, really a worthy thing. Um, the one I've got, it's, it's a great reference. Um, and sometimes when you speak, for instance, when you're talking – about something I can if I want to uh, kind of get a, a little more fine-tuned perspective I can go back in the book and 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 read through that and go oh yeah 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 and get a little better clean shot on it so it's a really nice thing yeah it's and an awesome tool favorite, I've spent a lot of hours with that book boy I can tell and it looks like a tremendous amount of care went into writing it. And um, I don't know if you are with writing like I am with uh, uh, narration. When I used to do a lot of that, um, <laughs> I make myself crazy. I mean, I can, um, well, I can do that easily anyway. But um, uh, I would do something and I go, oh, I can do better than that. And, and the spoken word, of course. Um, it, it's a little different than writing. Writing, you can just sort of look at it and shift words around a little bit, but it looks like a lot of care went into that. And I hope that it was a flow and not uh, too much of a um, job to do that. Been a lot of hours put into that little book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it shows. It shows. And, you know, one of the nicest things, one of the nicest things, one of the things I I really appreciate about that is uh, the colophon with the tailpiece of the the manuscript. And uh, it's a concept that I was not familiar with. And it's, uh, for those that don't know, uh, colophon, and it's from the Greek, but it's um, a little tailpiece on certain manuscripts and books or whatever from the past that would have what we would now have on the title page and who did what and and where it came from sometimes and also uh, a blessing or a curse on whoever read or copied that, um, you know, trying to keep everybody on track. And uh, that's quite a a little... um, concept there 
Yeah, the uh, the text um, was certified to be a copy. You know, as far as we know, there's no actual original physical text around. You know, now 2,000 years later, but that um, the Kaboris manuscript on which the Enlightenment is based was a 10th century copy of a 164 AD text, which makes it a copy right. of the oldest known New Testament, its original Aramaic language. And of course, if you go looking around the internet at the Greek sources, they'll tell you that, you know, oh, no, 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 it was all Greek. It, it, it all, you know, the whole world is Greek. You know the Greeks did it all. The Greeks were, you know. Have <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever seen that movie, My Great, My, My, my Fat, it wasn't yeah, even my big yeah. fat Greek wedding. The Greeks, the Greeks, the Greeks. Well, yes, you would say it's all Greek to me. This stuff was not thought through in Greek. It was thought through in Aramaic. And the Greek scholars, uh, uh, you know, basically, you know, if you look at someone who's got years and years and years and PhDs and, and what have you in Greek studies of the uh, the scriptures, basically it's like... Okay, now you have to go back to kindergarten and start over if you're going to go Aramaic. And it's so drastically different that, you know, throwing a PhD out the window is pretty tough. So there's a big struggle and fight over, no, it was Greek. It was written in Greek. Yes, with, well, that's just not the truth. <laughs> it's just not the yeah, truth. Yeah, it shows up in so many scientific disciplines, in fact, and everything, I suppose, if uh, if another way of doing things all of a sudden equals or exceeds what you're doing, whether it's uh, uh, archaeology or whatever, now and then now you've got gene, uh, you know, uh, tracking genes back, and everybody likes to argue about their point. But uh, this is pretty clean, and. Um, um, it's. I mean, I had really. Uh, I. I mean, I know that uh, I know what is reported as the history of, um, and I know you you do too. You, in fact, probably everybody listening, but um, of the of the what we now call the Bible and how, how it came to Constantine, who uh, evidently it was just a political way, political move, and and the Roman Catholic Church denying. Nicene Council. Uh, I don't know that they were a full church back then, but at any rate, uh, they were there, and um, I've never trusted what was there uh, past the point of of discernment. In other words, um, that that expression: "There's no such thing as danger as no no thing is dangerous as a half truth." And right. My golly, they, they, they left some really beautiful stuff in in there, and it, it really is beautiful. And uh, that doesn't mean one – it's like everything else in life. You don't have to buy everything, you know what I mean, just, just the parts that you think are, are right and work for you. Um, well, one of the nice. things – One of the things for me that is so powerful about this is I can, and I often do say, don't believe one word I'm saying. 
you know, most of those who are playing the Greek game as well, just believe. You just have to believe. You have to take it on faith. Don't take a thing I've got to say on faith or belief. Take the tool, put it to work, and watch what happens. Uh, you know, I mean, I have 10,000% confidence in saying never believe one word of it. Just test it and try it out. And what you find is the whole game changes. And you won't find the Greeks saying that. The Greeks are like, no, no, you have to take this interpretation. You have to take, and you have to, and you, well, you know, we really don't have any you know, interpretation. We, we got that. some tools. Use the tools. Right, exactly. Say again? And you know who does say just what you're talking about? I've read. Uh, Who's that? Uh, people like Paramahansa Yogananda and some others that are, um, that have some pretty, um, amazing uh, approaches and concepts that are really, really central, really. But, and they say, right. well, you know, don't believe me, try it. You know, that's, that's it. it. It's, yeah. And, and so that's a, yeah, so that's a, so, you know, you're on the right, you're in good company there, my friend. And um, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're doing that one. And uh, by the way, um, thank you for the card. And wow, what a picture. That's great. If, uh, that was our that, Christmas picture with Aria this year. Oh, my goodness. No, Aria wasn't in there. No, she, Aria wasn't in the picture that we sent out with our Christmas card. But actually, when I think about it, Gene, we could have easily, you know, Aria is so much a part of the show, especially folks, we could have kept that picture. But anyway, yeah, she wasn't in that actual picture. But but there's there's one thing about that picture. There's two things that jump out. If you're just this is just my perspective. But um, first of all, there's just a really nice uh, collective glow that comes out from it from you two. Uh, not unexpected by this one. And um, but oh my God, what I what I wasn't ready for was the hair. <laughs> you guys both have more hair. Uh, than I've had the last uh, 40 years of my life, <laughs> and it's the same color and and way you've got yours slicked straight back, and Jeannie has got hers just delightfully framed around her face with a little bit of a widow's peak kind of thing, and you sort of had one. I used to have a dramatic one, and now I've just got shiny stuff that shows up on satellites, but um, <laughs> my goodness. My goodness, you two. I mean, same color, same thickness. I, I just was going, huh? You know, you would think I it'd be a photo with my hair. Oh, gosh. You are. Although you are. I, ha I have and, uh, heard uh, people with that shiny perspective uh, say that that's really just a solar panel for a sex machine. So, you know, I guess everybody's <laughs> got a perspective, right? <laughs> oh, thanks for telling me that. I was wondering what. What was generating all that? And now I know. Yeah, yeah. Mystery solved right there. Yeah, Mystery yeah. solved. So, so I, I just, uh, I just uh, didn't want your first show to go by without somebody calling like, like moi and telling you how much I appreciate you guys are back. And you're, um, God, you guys are very persistent at this. And um, it's, not lost on me. I appreciate it. I am in the middle of something, so I'm going to have to shag out of here. But um, all right, my friend. 
Mary Kulikamakis to you and everybody else. Yeah. And the best year yet of your eternal life coming up with this new year. Yay. I'll go for it. You too. All right. Blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we have another hand up. Great. Let's say hello. I believe this is Mr. Peter. 619, you're on the air. Hello, Michael. It's Peter. Ah, welcome, sir. How are you today? Great. An intense uh, session yesterday. Yes, that one-on-one, and then also the Mind Shifter over the weekend. So, um, so I've been doing the work. Got a lot of energy moving. Yep, and I just wanted to share the results. Um, Please. So my son really wasn't talking to me. I was kind of excited when he moved to the same city I was. I helped him get out here and get a job, but... Um, that was eight years ago, and Ryan. we hardly – he really just didn't want to speak or get together or whatever. I don't know. He, he was in the war in Afghanistan, and he came Ryan. back a different person. But uh, after the mind shifter, we had a Christmas gathering that he did come to, and uh, he was talking completely – like he used to before the war and open and we had the best of best times and we want to have more and it just worked out for everybody. And all nice I work. did was I did the work you told me to do. And then I just sat there at the table and I didn't try to initiate anything. I just, what, what do you, Oh, hold the loving space. Um, that's all I did. And I had done the worksheet of giving up the goals and all that. So um, anyway, I'm just here to witness that it it worked actually rapidly. Yeah, that that's the beauty of it. Again, I can say to anybody, don't believe a word of it. Just take it and try it. You know, it's a set of tools. We don't have any theology to sell. We don't have any churchianity to join. You know, it's just here. Here are some tools. Yes, it comes out of the uh, first century Aramaic words of this man, Yeshua, that the world calls Jesus. They don't even have his name right. They say, oh, well, you've got to call on that name, and they don't even know what his name is. And all you have to do is take his tools and put it to work, and the game changes. I mean, and it's it's like, to me, the most dramatic thing about it is it works where you live, you know, where you have your relationships, where you earn your livelihood. What it That's where it's meant to be applied. It's not something for Sunday morning or, you know. So that's the exciting part of it to me. Yeah, it's very much real, and it's um... – when that energy clears out and the new energy comes in, or however you say it, but uh, the carbon-based data shifts, your world shifts immediately. Yes, instantly. And, you know, one of, this might really uh, click for you too, Peter, at this point, is most people 
when they read my book and they they read you know why is this happening to me again it's it's about they they start out and it's yeah when when he did that to me and she did that to me and they did that to me and they did that to me and that and and here it is you know it's happening why is this happening to me again and when you make the shift to recognizing it's not about the why is this happening to me again out there it's about how the perceptual mind as long as its root structure is never changed its perceptual output never changes and why is this happening to me again is in there it's not out in the external world the external world yes reflects what's going on within but the real change the 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 way you can guarantee the change takes place is that you're shifting the the root of the constructs that the mind shows and when you change that route there's nothing else to happen but the why is this happening to me again has to shift and change doesn't mean there aren't more layers and levels of to be dealt with but the 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 shift happens entirely internally and then the reflections change as well yep that's what happened so I just wanted to let you know uh, and your audience know um, just how fast it was, but I did do the homework. I did do the worksheets, and I could feel it actually happening. Where instead of me blaming him for being whatever I thought was wrong, um, I just looked inside and held that space of love and went through the process of the worksheet, which is to me critical, and. That's when it happens. That's where it has to happen. Awesome. Well, I'm delighted to be on the team, and, you know, the uh, the work you do will impact. I love what The Course in Miracles says, that uh, millions yet unborn will benefit from the work you do. And each person that steps in opens a space for literally the whole of humanity. Wow, I never thought of it that way. Uh, yeah. A big... But... Very cool. Well, thank you, Michael. All right. Well, thanks for being on the team. Delighted to be here to support you and uh, holding the space for a wondrous holy days and the best year yet of your eternal life. All right. Great. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for I saying thank you. Oh, great. Let's go for it. I believe it's uh, Urate or Tom, 513. You're on the air. Welcome. Tom, Urate? Hello. I wonder if they've turned away from the phone for a moment. Hello. Tom, Urate? Well, there is a line that's popped out. 513, you're on the air. Tom? Yeah, Michael. This is this is Tom. Hey, welcome. Next good to hear your voice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, it was an accidental push button, but I will say how grateful I am for what you shared as you started uh, you started your show because I was sitting here in the kitchen shelling pomegranates 
And so I was able to be absent from the pomegranates, but fully present to what you were sharing. And it, uh, okay. it, it, it just rang very true to me again and again and again. So it, it helps that, that you're here, that you keep reinforcing it for us so that we can stay reminded of, of uh, the work that we need to do. So I am just reaching out and saying thank you. Even though it was an, an absent-minded, um, oh, Yurate said she's the one who pushed the button. So I'll right. let... that was by accident. Uh-huh. Was, hello, <laughs> I was probably hey there, young lady. Yeah, I was. Hello. Yeah, I. Well, I think I was getting out of the sauna and probably just hit the one uh, unintentionally. Somehow unintentionally, okay. it, it happens a few times to us. But it's wonderful <laughs> to say hello. Well, delighted to say hello and glad that you're here. And, um, yeah. Tom, when you use that phrase, absent from the pomegranates and present with the show, was that a, a reflection of anything in particular for you, phrasing it that way? Um yeah, I guess maybe it was. Um, I'm, I'm not real. I'm not real good at uh, you know multitasking. Um, so it feels it felt really good to be able to be truly focused on one thing as opposed to. Uh, um, hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, let me share why I I asked that question. Uh, you know. It's just a few months ago that Jeannie's dad passed, and uh, he he gave us the blessing of being with him as he left his body. Uh, he had been in a nursing home, a nursing facility, because he had, after getting COVID, they, as far as we can tell, we ended up having to put him in the hospital, and for 11 days, as far as we know, he never got out of bed. They never got him out of bed. He forgot how to walk and never walked again, never stood up, never sat up, never rolled over. You know, for over a year, was not able to do any of that. And about an hour and a half after Jeannie had done a still point session and given him permission if he needed to go to do that, we went to the hospital to spend time with him. And we were there for a short period of time, maybe 30, 45 minutes, and he hadn't, as I say, sat up, rolled over, stood up, done anything for well over a year. He sat straight up in the bed of his own accord. His eyes were totally focused up, like he was trying to look through the top of his skull on the left, and his eyes were as big as saucers. And he took his last breath and laid down. And one of the first things that came to Jeannie was a scriptural quote, which is precisely the wording you just used. And so that's why I was wondering if you had done that, you know, if that was coming from that scriptural quote where it says, absent from the body but present with the creator. Mm. Mm. Nice. Literally, that's exactly what came out of Jeannie's mouth was that scriptural quote was like, I mean, we got to see his eyes were as big as saucers. The the energy was sacred. It was so filled with 
with the presence of love, it was just amazing. And uh, and they were that was it. It was like Jeannie just came came forward with that thought, and it was just so appropriate and so powerful. And of course, that's what you brought to mind as you as you said that. Wow. So sweet. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for, for that reminder. That, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's powerful. Yeah. Any thoughts for you, Jeannie? No, I thought of that too when he said the absence from the yeah, pomegranate. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very, cool. Very sweet. Thank you. All right, you, you folks, have a well, you have a wondrous day. Christmas. It's so you awesome well. that your son is doing so well after his challenges and uh, just delighted to watch his recovery and holding you guys in a blessing. Appreciate you a lot. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Lots of love. Merry Christmas. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. So, Miss Jean, we're at about the uh, 10-minute point 11 now. 11 minutes. Our first show back. Delighted to be here. And so if you're out there in listener land, our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you, is 563-999-3581. We call that number you're listening to the show directly. If you push one, we're having a conversation because Jeannie will introduce you. And thank you to Blog Talk Radio for empowering us to be able to do this. So do we have anybody else out there with a hand up, Miss Jeannie, or anything happening in the chat room? Not. If you're on the switchboard, press 1. You're first in line. We have 10 minutes. We can address something. Yes, if you have a thought for us, question, an answer. So the uh, the thing that, that uh, tweaked my, uh, my opening remarks when we started the show was that I was doing a, a private session with someone yesterday, and... We did the, you've heard us do on, on the show previously, the cutting of attachments, the, the things that keep people in emotionally traumatic patterns and the energetic dynamic where we focus in the brain and, and literally cut atta- energetic attachments. And as I was doing that with someone yesterday, it was, it was kind of like a, a new level of awareness for me in understanding how that tool works and explaining exactly what's happening. And it was, it's hard to put into words, but as I was explaining it, I was realizing that a key part of letting go of those attachments is the strengthening of the awareness of ourselves as human beings and taking charge of this instrument, learning on deeper and deeper levels how this instrument called the body-mind unit works. And as I was explaining it to the, uh, to the woman I was doing the session with, the releasing of the attachments, it was I, I could almost visually see her essence as a human being moving around within her own structure, becoming cognizant of the 
control points with the neuron structure with which to do this process. And it just it just solidified in a you know, in a new way, in a deeper way, that what this work is really about is recognizing that this body mind unit is our instrument. You know, much like we were talking about blog talk radio, you know, I, I've never been to their offices. It would probably be cool to just see what they've got in the way of equipment in order to do all the things that we get to do with this show. You know, we were just talking with some folks up in Cincinnati and and here we are in in Bristol, Virginia and here's blog talk up there in New York or New Jersey. And what it takes for that system to function, and I don't know, perhaps with the work that they did over the last four days, they've upgraded its function somehow. I can only imagine there must have been a major you know, defect in a piece of equipment that it took four days to correct, but that I suspect we'll see perhaps some improved or increased performance of the instrument that we call at this point for all intents and purposes blog talk radio and perhaps we'll see some upgrades uh and in function and sound and what have you and and when i think of that as an instrument as a a gathering of capabilities to produce a certain function in the world that's what I would call, you know, the antenna that's on the roof at Blog Talk Radio and the wiring that goes down into this piece of equipment and that piece of equipment and this one and that one and interfaces with the telephone system and how all that, that, that instrument. And, of course, it takes an intelligence, the technician that went in and troubleshot and found out what part of the instrument was defective and what it needed and, you know, replace parts, whatever they did. And and comparing that, what I what I got out of doing this session I was sharing about yesterday was really recognizing that each one of us is at a certain stage of development of being the technician for our own body-mind unit and our own lives for the expression of this carbon-based memory system. And, of course, if the technician at Blog Talk wasn't uh, familiar with the interface with the telephone system, and that's where the problem was, he couldn't have fixed it. Function would never be there. If the problem was with the, you know, maybe the amplifier for the antenna that uh, that picks up the wireless signals, if it was the interface device for the phone system with the uh, with the uh, control panel that Jeannie looks at on her computer, someone who's not conscious of those components and how each of them works and how each of them interfaces could never operate, could could never be a conscious operator. And therefore, the way that whole system would operate would be, well, if this is broken down and that's not connected properly and this isn't working and this needs an upgrade, then there's not going to be much function there. 
And what got clear to me was the being that we are would be comparable in this metaphor, would be comparable to the technician that did the troubleshooting and got the whole system back together and back online, perhaps with new levels of function. I don't know. And that when our own instrument, this magnificent, amazing device that we've been given, the fact that we've been given, one, a human life, that's the technician, two, an instrument to express it through, and three, the tools with which to keep upgrading the instrument and the expression to its full potential. I would offer that people who live and function out of hostility and fear have degraded the function of the instrument and the being behind it so terribly as to be hardly recognizable for its designed purpose, for its intended use. And that each time someone does a piece of work that removes a general generational pattern in carbon-based memory of some form, form of rage, some form of generational hatred, some form of, of generational pattern, that when one removes those things, they're upgrading the instrument to two new levels of function and capability. And that's what brings us into the full physiological expression of the presence of joy that we're designed for as human beings. And so I just thought I'd share a little bit about what, you know, what went on for me yesterday that became the introduction to today's show and appreciation for the young lady who was willing to do that piece of work. And for each person that comes back with a piece of feedback, each person that takes a tool and says, well, gee, Michael, this didn't quite work for me, but when I did this, oh, thank you. You just educated me as a technician or as a support for training technicians in the operation of their own lives, their own body-mind units, their own family systems, their own expression in the world. You know, you've probably heard me before use the example of uh, I, I love Bach and his music and I have a $10 transistor radio or I'll go back even further when I was a kid. I'd love to play with, I had a crystal radio. It was just this little diode and a, an earpiece and, and a piece of wire for an antenna and I could listen to radio stations coming in on that. So imagine someone was playing Bach and I'm listening with my little crystal radio, a little simple crystal and, a, and a, an earphone, and I'm listening to Bach, which I enjoy. And then I turn on the $100,000 quadraphonic stereo system, an FM tuner, and I'm listening to the same thing as I was on my little crystal radio. The expression is a whole lot different with that $100,000 quadraphonic stereo system. Same source energy, but Bach in that little tiny earth piece of mine and through those speakers that each cost 25 grand comparison 
Someone who refuses to do their work. Someone who lives in generational patterns of rage and guilt and grief and fear and blame, condemnation, gossip, slander, vengeance. It's like living through a little crystal radio set and a, an earpiece in one ear when every one of us is designed to be just listening to the fidelity of that $100,000 quadraphonic stereo system. We're each given that instrument. And it's just an amazing thing to have, and I join you in, if that fits, if that makes sense for you, I join you in the appreciation. You know, we talked about gratitude and gratitude usually has to do with, well, I got this and therefore I'm grateful for it. But the next level of gratitude, beyond gratitude, I think is appreciation. And that is that we get to really experience what is, not because it satisfies my goals, but because it is and our ability to comprehend what's possible with it. So. With this new Holy Day season coming up, I join you in being in that level of appreciation for life and for the opportunity that each of us has to live a human life. Joining you in having the arrival of the head technician for creating a life, the mind of Christ in you, this season coming up, many people are unconsciously focused in that direction. So there's a lot of energy to be to be available to to lift us into the next level of our own experience of that process. So joining you in that and out of that creating the best year yet of your eternal life coming up in 2024. Appreciation and blessings. Take care. Bye-bye.